Good evening, everyone. Nicole Rodriguez here, registered dietitian nutritionist. And as always, I'm here with Dave Shirotsky, the food porn unicorn. But tonight, Dave, I'm just registered food porn unicorn. I think you are you are officially registered. Dave, I am just rubbing my hands together with excitement and anticipation tonight. We've been looking forward to this sausage party. Good way to start. Maybe more than any other one. This is a goodie because tonight we have none other than Eric Mittenthal. He is the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Does anyone have a better title than you do, Eric? I don't think so. It's it's a pretty great title and a pretty great job. The hot dog top dog. You know, you can't beat that. <laughs> we are here tonight with the hot dog top dog. You and Nicole's hands are warm. Oh, my hands, my hands are warm and ready. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for this one. So I read somewhere, I think actually, Eric, it was in this like meat Mythbusters packet that I got from you at Fancy that there are two things that you never want to see. And like one is making sausage and I forgot what the other one is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned that you're getting into politics on, on this podcast too. So, so the, the, the saying is there are two things you never want to see being made laws and sausages. So, so perfectly appropriate and in line with everything you're talking about. But, uh, I live in Washington, D.C., and so I see very closely how the laws are being made. I've been in many meat plants to see how the sausages are being made, and I can tell you without a doubt that laws are far more disgusting than anything you'd ever see in a sausage. (laughs) I believe it. When I make a dish, and Dave can probably say the same thing, I think of hot dogs and I think of sausage especially, I think of it as something convenient, Sure. And, and I think convenience is a, is a really good term to use. And sausages in particular are very versatile food. So if you think about it, you can have sausages for any meal of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, you can have them in patties. You can have them in links. Uh, you can have them on a bun. You can have them uh, without a casing and, and, um, and loose sausage. Uh, and so you can incorporate sausage into a lot of different dishes and a lot of different meals just to kind of add flavor to a meal. And you don't have to necessarily eat lots of sausage all at once. You can have one sausage or have a portion of sausage uh, as part of a meal. And so it just is a, is a great way to enhance uh, the flavor of the meal, add some nutrition and protein from, from the meat. And, uh, and, and of course, it's delicious. So what's a favorite of yours, Eric? Which, uh, where do you usually go in the sausage world? Well, I'm a hot dog guy, typically. Uh, you know, hot, hot dogs are kind of the, the everyman sausage. And uh, I like to say... Are we talking pork? What are we talking? Well, uh, beef is most popular, but, but it's interesting with, with hot dogs in particular, uh, what you find is that there are different styles depending on where you are in the country. And it even goes down to uh, the type of meat that's used. So uh, if you're in the Northeast, you're going to have more of a, a beef hot dog. Hot dogs, like you're talking like a bunch of different cultures, right? You're talking Italian or yeah. Polish or German or Mexican, you name it, right? That's right. Yeah, they come from all over the world. And, and sausages are really a food that, uh, you know, ha- have, have a, a part in the food culture in, in most countries of the world. Uh, and so, so, yeah, I mean, depending on where you are in the, in the country, in the world, you'll find different hot dogs and sausages. And, and, why uh, is and so I like, to, like a generally like a cheaper meat to yeah. use or how did, how did that actually come to be? Yeah, well, it, it uses the meat that is is 
cut away from your your traditional steaks and roasts and other cuts. And so uh, that meat is then taken and ground up. You know, not not all meat can be a a prime fillet. That's literally what my boss tells me at my review. (laughs) (laughs) So what what it really sounds like, Eric, is that products like hot dogs and sausages it sort of feeds into this idea of sustainability because I think everyone's interested in this um, sort of like like a snout to tail movement, right? Or whatever the equivalent is on, on, on different animals. Everyone wants to be using the whole animal when in reality, these products that a lot of us have been enjoying for years and years are already kind of serving that purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hot, hot dogs and sausages are the original sustainable food because without them, all of that delicious meat would be going to waste. And that's certainly not sustainable. As an industry, we excel at truly using the whole animal and not necessarily all for food. I mean, the, the parts that are, uh, are, are, are edible are, uh, are, are great for food and used in hot dogs and sausages, but then you use the, the hides for, for leather, you use the bones for, for um, they're used in, in medicines and cosmetics and, and other parts as well, are all used for different purposes. And so the sustainability of the meat industry is, is really strong in that regard and that we do not waste anything. Where did the stigma start? Like what, what really like started to demonize the hot dog and the sausage? Well, it goes back, it goes back a long way. I mean, I, there, there's always been this idea of the kind of mystery meat and, uh, and it's, it's, you know, even back when they were first introduced in, in the U S and I think even back to, to when they were in, in Europe, uh, primarily in Germany, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, the idea that kind of mysterious cuts were being ground up into hot dogs and sausages kind of prevailed because people weren't sure. Um, but these days, what, what's in there is, is, is pretty clear. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it says on the label, it's beef or pork. Um, there's, there's poultry hot dogs as well and sausages. And so uh, it's all on the label. So there's really not any mystery to it. So then how about you yourself? Like how, how does the guy growing up in Atlanta get to be top hot dog? Well, it was, it's a very uh, circuitous uh, path for me. I was a, a TV journalist. Um, and I actually have a, a health background. I have a master's in biomedical sciences. Oh, wow. So uh, I, I, I took my master's and, and was on my way to medical school and then changed my mind and uh, went the, the broadcast journalism route. And I uh, did that for a while and then uh, found a job in the food industry uh, following that part of my career. And uh, once, once you're in the food industry, it's, it's hard to get out. It's a, it's a great industry to be a part of. So at, at that stage, when you're like going to school and everything, was that down in Atlanta or were you already in D.C.? No, so I went to Cornell up in New York and, oh, nice. uh, and then got my master's degree at Eastern Virginia Medical School. Got an so, Ivy League uh, That's right. It, it takes an Ivy League education to be the hot dog top dog. <laughs> <laughs> Not just anyone can, can take that title. So given, um, given some of that background, in health, Eric, I think one of the, you mentioned, you mentioned ingredient labels and I know like I won't name names of certain brands, but I know when I'm picking out a, like a ground sausage, for example, it's pretty clear what the ingredients are. So, you know, for example, I cooked some sweet ground Italian sausage tonight. The ingredients were pork, salt, and a couple of seasonings. Coming from uh, you know, the dietitian perspective, and I'm sure you've encountered this as well. I think there's a lot of misconception surrounding nitrates 
in some of these convenience meets. So can you speak to that a little bit and maybe put some folks' minds at ease when they're making these purchases? Yeah, one of the most common questions we get, particularly from the dietitian community, is, is about nitrites and their use in, we call them prepared meat products. And, uh, and, and nitrites have been used for uh, ages, really. They, they've been used for a very long time and in different forms. And um, it's, it, nitrite is really one of the most thoroughly studied ingredients in the food supply because there has been concern about it. And what they have found is that it's not something that causes negative health effects, um, particularly concerns about cancer. Um, there, there was a, 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 a study out of the uh, National Toxicology Program that specifically looked at nitrite and evaluated its, its cancer risk and found that there's no tie between nitrite and cancer. Um, and there are two forms of nitrite that are used primarily now. So you have sodium nitrite, um, which is an artificial form of nitrite that uh, is, is, is used. And then you have celery powder, which is a natural form of nitrite that is also used. And so when you see a package that says no nitrites added with a little star on there that says, uh, except those naturally occurring in celery powder, what you're seeing is you have nitrites in that product, but it's from the natural source of nitrite. And um, in reality, the vast majority of nitrite we get in our diets is from uh, vegetables. Uh, vegetables are a very high source of nitrite, and uh, and so 90% uh, of the, the nitrite we get in our diet is from vegetables and our own saliva. Uh, about 5% comes from, comes from meat. So what actually is a nitrate in general? What does it do in the hot dog or in the sausage? And then how did it become so demonized? Like what actually was it that people picked that as the big deal? Yeah, there's a couple of things it does. So first of all, it's a curing agent. So it gives you that, that pink color and, and that cured taste that you get out of prepared meat products like hot dogs, like bacon and sausages. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it also serves a very important safety function. So there's a reason why you don't, you don't hear about botulism in meat products anymore. And that's because of nitrite, because nitrite protects against that. And so it makes our products very safe and, and, and prevents people from getting sick. And most importantly, it's, pre it's preventing things like botulism, which are, which are really, you know, like legit um, food safety <laughs> concerns. So I think the consumer needs to look at the big picture of, you know, the purpose of some of these additives for sure. That's, that's really interesting though. Um, so you had mentioned when I first invited you on that for some reason, this is, this is like sausage season, like sausage is like a hot commodity during the holidays. When and Dave and I were kind of surprised because I think of sausage and hot dogs and not that I'm not eating those things year round because personally I am, but I'm thinking like ball games, 4th of July, and I'm thinking more um, like grilling opportunities. So what makes sausages so hot during the holidays? Well, so, so for hot dogs, the summer is really the season. Uh, we sell a third of the hot dogs that uh, are sold each year, consumed each year over the summer period between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Uh, sausage, the larger sausage category is a little bit different. And it's so popular during the holidays because of its versatility. And so you think about incorporating sausage into your Thanksgiving stuffing or as part of, uh, you know, breakfast over Christmas and families together. Um, it, it offers such versatility that it, it is very popular over the holiday season and we see a sales spike during that season.
So give me a breakdown. Where, where does one end and the other begin? Where, where does a hot dog become a sausage or vice versa? So a hot dog is a sausage, but a sausage isn't necessarily a hot dog. And what that means is a hot dog is part of the larger sausage category. Uh, the sausage category also encompasses uh, your bratwursts, your kielbasas, your Italian sausages, and, and many, many others. Um, and so a hot dog, what, what makes a hot dog kind of its own category within that is just the way it's, it's the grind of the meat. So a hot dog is a very fine, fine grind, uh, fine ground product, and sauce, other sausages might be a little bit more coarse. Um, the spices used in the hot dogs, um, every hot dog manufacturer kind of has its own um, formulation, but, but a hot dog kind of has a, a particular flavor profile, uh, whereas other sausages have, have a little bit of a different flavor profile. So um, that's kind of what distinguishes the hot dog from the sausage, but a hot dog is, is part of the larger sausage category. So can I ask a very controversial hot dog question? Oh boy, here it comes. No, that, probably not going where you think it is. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so if you Google my name and the, the takeouts, uh, the website, the takeout, you'll find an article about how I've been asked that question every single day, literally for the last four plus years. Uh, people call me, they email me, uh, they send, they, I get text messages, uh, you name it. People ask me in social media, is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, the answer is no, a hot dog is not a sandwich. A hot dog is its own free of the sandwich category. So a hot dog is a hot dog. Same, same with like a sausage. Hot dog is a hot dog. Okay. okay. Hot dog is a hot dog. It is not a sandwich. That's so what I we're going with. Else, I saw somebody else arguing that it's technically a taco. What? Oh, maybe like a Sonora dog, right? I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't listen. Saw it in the man. It blew my mind. No, I don't. I don't think it's. I do not think. Me personally, I don't think it's a sandwich. Eric, where do you uh, where do you stand on items such as reduced or a very low fat hot dogs? I just want. I just want your personal take there. Yeah, I mean they're great choices for for people who are looking for that as part of their nutrition profile, what they're what they're looking for. And and you know you mentioned the choices available on the marketplace, and uh, we we highlight all of those choices. Um, they're they're not my favorite. Uh, that you lose a little bit of flavor, I think, with those. But um, but they're certainly a great choice for folks who, uh, who who are looking for that. Well, now that I know that has your stamp of approval as the top hot dog. God, I got it wrong already. Top dog, hot dog. Top dog, hot dog. Hot dog, top dog. Hot dog, top dog. I want to share that I think a really low fat hot dog is an excellent vehicle for a chili cheese dog, right? Let's think about it. Like a chili cheese dog, most people would feel some kind of guilt consuming that. But if you're using this very low fat item, I think there's one that's like two grams of fat and I wanna say eight grams of protein. You know, it has this nice nutrition profile and then you're topping it with a, a lean chili and some cheese. I think that's a choice people can feel good about. So like, I think, you know, a regular hot dog be a regular hot dog, but when you need that substitution, why not? And I think it's great that people have that kind of leeway and have those choices available. It's all about the convenience. Yeah. And in particular with the chili, when you're, when you're cooking ground beef with a lot of other ingredients, you don't need to get a ground beef that has a higher, higher fat content. 
So when I when I get a ground beef for chili, I typically am looking at 90% or more lean because you're going to get flavor from all those other ingredients that you're incorporating in there. And so you, you get the beef flavor, you get the other ingredients too. And so you can you can make it a dish that has a real strong nutrition profile and, and flavor profile too. Yeah, absolutely. So, can I, so speaking of toppings, can I ask another kind of controversial hot dog question? What does do ketchup it? belong on a hot dog? <laughs> so that's of the other most controversial does. question we got. Oh, wait a minute. No, ketchup on a hot dog, if you're over the age of 18, is a major Frank faux pas. Uh, it does not belong on a hot dog for adults. What? Nicole, you better settle down. <laughs> oh, this is getting hot and heavy in a way I had not anticipated <laughs> this evening. Wow. All right. So if you had to pick one, would you go more for like a Chicago style hot dog or more like a New York style hot dog? Well, I'm a Southerner, so I go, I go for the chili dog. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I love, I love a Hell good chili yeah, baby. dog. And that's always my choice. Wait, but hold, hold on. Now I have to ask as an adult living in the Northeast, <laughs> what am I supposed to put <laughs> Hold on, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the rest of this recording. What am I supposed to put on my hot dog, Eric? Mustard is, is the most popular condiment. It's a, it's a wonderful flavor uh, match with hot dogs. Uh, yes. Sauerkraut is also good. Onions are great. Uh, the traditional New York hot dog has uh, a pale deli style yellow mustard and then uh, the uh, onion red onions in a red sauce. And that's a, uh, a, a the perfect New York hot dog. But uh, lots of toppings are available, just not the ketchup. Okay, first of all, those two choices you mentioned are disgusting because <laughs> pale yellow mustard should not be used Christ. anywhere, never mind on a delicious hot dog. What if, but so are you saying that you can't forgive ketchup if it's in conjunction with a spicy deli mustard and sauerkraut? Like, have I really, have Wait, I really steered myself? Yes. Oh, oh my God. Oh no! No, God. no ketchup. No ketchup allowed. Once you wow. once you hit adulthood, it's time to put the ketchup away. So 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 let me ask: Have you? Well, no. So you've only been in you've been in this role for about four years, right? Uh, yeah, and I've been working with the National Hot Dogs and Sausage Council for almost eight now. For almost eight now. So without getting too personal, have you ever <laughs> been? Have you ever been on a date? eating hot dogs and you said like, oh no, like this chick just put ketchup. She's hopefully over 18. Like this is going nowhere. This is not going to a date too. Have you ever been in like a meaty faux pas where you said this is not going to work out? It probably depends how she's eating the hot dog, right? That, that might, that <laughs> might influence that his decision one way, or, one way or another. Well, fortunately for me, I, I've been married the entire time I've, I've been with the Hot Dog and Sausage Council, so so I know how my wife uh, how my wife eats. But um, I, I have plenty of friends who love to argue with me, and, and even family members who, uh, you know, will, will give me a dirty look and put the ketchup on the hot dog, and and I get I get all kinds of people emailing and calling to yell at me about the the, the ketchup rule, and my response is. If you like ketchup, put ketchup on your hot dog. It's not right. the ideal way to to put, to enjoy a hot dog. You're not getting the best ideal flavor profile, but if that's what you like, go for it. Wow. Well, I will never enjoy Fourth of July the same way again. But I'm <laughs> I'm glad we had this. I'm glad we had this conversation. Do you think there is someone who would get into office in 2020 who may be 
more beneficial to the animal agriculture industry as a whole? Or is there someone locally in any of your top producing states who you feel have made a positive impact? We, we, don't, we don't get political uh, at the Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Our, our politics are who loves hot dogs. So as long as uh, our, our leadership is our, our hot dogs fans and uh, we throw a hot dog lunch on Capitol Hill every year uh, where we bring in the lawmakers and it's the hottest event, uh, both in attendance and in temperature because it happens in July in Washington, D.C. Uh, and and, and it was, it's always a huge hit. We get tons and tons of people coming through, lots and lots of uh, lawmakers coming through and they love their hot dogs and uh, and always have a blast. So uh, that's how we do politics. Have you hot dogs. somebody eat their hot dog with a knife and fork? I have actually, yeah. I actually had had lunch with somebody recently with someone who 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 ate it with a knife and fork. I I, I was embarrassed. <laughs> can you name drop these awful people so the, the public knows? So we can, pub- the, the so rena- we can publicly the, the shame remain them. anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, that's that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like a really rollicking DC event, Dave. Those are the I, kinds I think of, we need tickets next year. Those, <laughs> that, that, must be a, that must be a very hot ticket. It, it is the hardest ticket in D.C. to get because it is invitation only. We only have so many hot dogs and so much room out there for people. We got a lot of interns from Capitol Hill coming to us, and suddenly they're the most important person in the world as an intern, and they get very, very disappointed that they are not able to get into our hot dog lunch. Uh, but for you guys, I, I work the door. I, uh, I'll make sure you get in. There it is. Wow, we we might have to we might have to roll up on that. So Nicole's gonna have the ketchup packets in her pocket. You might <laughs> wanna you're gonna have to pack them down. Just 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 avert your eyes, Eric, please. Pat down, then she can't come in. So I just want to go back to what we started with here. Um, you know, sausage you know, sausage production. Like what what do you want the consumer to know about how things like hot dogs and sausages are made. Cause I'm sure that you've had the opportunity to see many, many facilities. Is that fair to say? Yes. I've and seen, I've seen many and farms. Yeah. And it's uh, well, you know, we talked about the laws and sausages saying the, the other saying around hot dogs and sausages is that what goes in them is everything but the oink. Uh, but that's not true. So as, as we talked about, it's, it's, it's really quite simple. Um, you know, when you're cutting up steaks and roasts, what you, what you see in the package in the grocery store is not how it magically comes from the animal. Those are, those are cut, cut away, and then you have pieces of meat that are left behind that are, are still great pieces of meat, but they just didn't, weren't a part of that piece of steak or roast. Um, those are then ground up really finely. They're mixed with seasonings. They are stuffed in a casing and cooked. And that's your hot dog or sausage. Um, it's it's a very simple process, and uh, and and really just the, the ideas that people have about it are far different than what actually occurs. And you know, Eric, just to get another perspective, I've I've had the chance to to tour some beef and 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 veal and lamb processing facilities, and maybe you could offer this perspective as well. Something that always shocks me is just how clean everything is like even the floors um so i think people hear meat production in general and especially something like sausage and think like you know like you said there are these 
there are these expressions surrounding it. But has that has that been your experience in general as well? Or could you say like a large percentage of the time that you're in a like a cleanly, well looked after facility when you've toured? Yeah, a hundred percent of the time, absolutely. And and the, the best comparison is to a surgical suite. I think. I mean, that yes. that's the level to which these plants are cleaned every single day. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize. And, and we did a video showing how the, the sanitation process occurs every single night. There's a, a shift from um, late at night until early in the morning where the only thing that's happening is the plant is being cleaned. And this is required by USDA. And it, the plant is cleaned. It is scrubbed from top to bottom. All the equipment is taken apart and scrubbed and then put back together again. And the plant cannot resume operation until a USDA inspector verifies that it is microbiologically clean, um, meaning that they don't find any pathogenic bacteria in the plant. Uh, that happens every single night. And so, so yeah, I mean, the, the plants are incredibly clean and, and companies take a, a great deal of pride in their ability to clean plants and, and keep products safe and, and delicious. And, and what sort of checks and balances does the government have in place to make sure that everything is extremely cleanly. Can you speak to some of those, um, some of those programs that are in place? Because obviously these plants are reporting to various agencies, correct? Like you're at risk of a, of a, of a checkup. Um, yeah. Well, so, so yeah, it's, and it's not, it's not just, just a checkup. Uh, other, other foods that are not meat and poultry uh, are inspected far less than meat and poultry products. So right. meat and poultry plants in the U.S. have USDA inspectors in them every single day. And some plants that are larger have multiple inspectors in there. Um, anywhere, anywhere an animal is being slaughtered has veterinarians there that are verifying the, the care of the animals and, and how the process occurs. Uh, and then on the processing lines, um, there are inspectors watching everything. Uh, they are uh, testing for bacteria to ensure it's safe and no product can leave a meat and poultry plant without the USDA mark of inspection that it is a wholesome product and has been inspected by a USDA inspector. Eric, do you think the consumer needs to be concerned about things like hormones and antibiotics and things like their um like pork sausages and things like that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, certainly, certainly not in their meat products themselves. So, so there are rules around antibiotic use that require that, that if an animal is given antibiotics, there's a withdrawal period before that animal goes to the plant so that there are no antibiotics in the animal system uh, when the animal uh, is slaughtered. So, so you don't find antibiotics or hormones in the meat itself. Um, you know, animals can be raised with hormones and antibiotics, and uh, and and those are practices that um, you know have have benefits. And, and certainly, when it comes to antibiotics, keeping the animal healthy is is extremely important. Um, so they play a role there. But in the meat itself, uh, there are no antibiotics and no hormones, and people can be confident that 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 is tested for. So USDA tests for antibiotic residues, and if they find them, that product does not go to the market. Well, Eric, I think this has been super insightful. And I've learned a lot about sausage and hot dogs, um, much to my dismay, this catch-up fact, but I think everything else is really, really useful for our audience. Dave, parting thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I guess now that we're after hours, Eric, what is the biggest one you've ever seen? 
<laughs> they had a giant one in uh, up in New Jersey uh, earlier this summer, I think, where the, where it was like the the largest, longest hot dog in the world or something like that. It was Feltman's Hot Dogs, uh, which is a hot dog brand up there that uh, that that did that and won the won the Guinness Book of World Records record for that. So so that was that was a proud moment for the hot dog industry. Were you up here for it? Did you actually see it? Uh, no, I, did, I wasn't there for it, but I got to see the video of, of them put it together. And how big is the world's biggest hot dog? How, how many feet did it clock in at there? You know, I don't recall how big it was. It was, it was very, very large, very long. Um, it, was, it was quite the hot dog. And this is a single link. This isn't like a bunch of hot dogs all together, right? Correct. Wow. Okay. And then, what, was, the what was the width on this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the dimensions. All right. Can it's you get back to us on that? Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll check that out for you. If you could follow up on yeah. <laughs> those measurements, that would be fantastic. So circumference wise, which one is usually the thickest? Are we talking like a kielbasa, a bratwurst? What are we talking? Well, you know, a, uh, a bologna, a bologna is a uh, sausage too. Bologna mortadella. What? So those are like deli meats. Yeah. So those are sausages. So those are very girthy sausages. So a bologna, a bologna is the top spot, huh? I didn't even yeah. realize that was part of the conversation. No, I didn't think so either. Wow. That's, is that really fair, though, to bring bologna into, you know, like even into the running there with things like chorizo and hot dogs and regular Italian sausage? It's like another level there. Wow. Yeah, that seems more like a cousin rather than an actual sausage. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Hey, listen, we're not going to argue. We're not going to argue. Fuck no, but why not? <laughs> no, that's impressive. I didn't know that. Well, Eric, we thank you so much for joining us. And where can we direct our listeners for more information? Yeah, check us out at hot-dog.org. And we have everything you could possibly want to know about hot dogs and sausages there. And we also have a very active Facebook page. If you search National Hot Dog and Sausage Council and on Instagram as well at Hot Dog Council, uh, we, we love interacting with people and, and talking to them and answering questions. And we do giveaways and fun stuff too. Uh, I'll have to get you guys a couple of our Wiener Warrior t-shirts uh, for, wow. for, for doing this with me. <laughs> wow, that would be amazing. So that is hot-dog.org or Instagram, the Hot Dog Council. Excellent. We have a lot of choices there. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Good night.